0: So today I want to take you into Scripture, and I may be reading a little more Scripture than I usually do. But I believe this is a subject that I want want to broach, that when you mention this word, I had two thoughts going through my mind of what I would minister today. And both of them brings a little shiver to people when they hear it. They get a little antsy. They get a little bit of uh, an anticipatory... uh, mood going on. But I want to read this, get into it and let you see the heart of Jesus. Okay. In Matthew 20 verse 20, the Bible says that's Matthew twenty twenty. Then came to him the mother of Zebedee, Zebedee's children with her sons, worshiping him and desiring a certain thing of him. Worshiping him and desiring a certain thing of him. Let me just sidestep here. If the only reason you're worshiping him is because you want to ask him for something, you've made a mistake. You've made a mistake. That's not the message today, but I want you to hear that. And when she, she asked Jesus, he said unto her, what do you want or what wilt thou? And she said unto him, grant that these my two sons... My two sons may sit the one on your right hand and the other on the left in thy kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of and to be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They said unto him, we are able. That should have been well thought out. We are able. That's the problem we have today. People say we are able, but they're really not. So he said unto them, you shall drink indeed of my cup and you'll be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with, but to sit hear this, but to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give. It's not mine to give, but it shall be given to them whom it is prepared of my father. Notice it's prepared by God himself who will sit where by God himself. But there's certain criteria that God is looking for. God is specifically looking for a certain heart. Now watch this. And when the 10 heard it, the other disciples are listening because James and John, the sons of Zebedee being excluded. The other 10 heard what the mother was asking they were moved with indignation against the two brethren. But Jesus called them unto him, unto him and said, You know that the prince of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority upon upon them. We'll revisit these verses in a moment. But it shall, be, shall not be so among you, but whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. Hmm. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. That scares people to death. When you mention the word servanthood or servant or serving, people get tense. They tighten up. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Everyone can you say that everyone because this is true everyone wants to sit in a high place Everyone wants to be great, but the standard of the world is not the standard of God Let me say that again. The standard of the world is not the standard of God We live in a society where it's all about me me myself and I I want to be elevated I want to be put out. I want to be the one That's not the way God thinks The world system says whatever it takes. This is what the world system says. Whatever it takes, and whoever you have to step on to get ahead, then do it. The end justifies the means. And I'm going to tell you that's not true. The end does not justify the means. But with God, everybody say, but with God. It's not who you step on, it's not who you push down trying to get a little higher. It's who you pick up and help them on their way. It's who you serve, who you help. <clears throat> you, you, you see their, their, their inadequacies, their hurtings, and you help them. That's greatness. In God's perspective, we don't see it that way. Our society doesn't see it this way. Our world mocks the system of God, but one day they're going to see that they're going to have to live under those standards. Because God will be the supreme authority, so let me talk a moment about this word that causes shivers up up a person's spine. I can mention it in church and I watch people get when you mention serving. are you talking about who are you talking about, Bishop? Well, let's just go to the scriptures in mark ten verse forty two but Jesus called them to him and said unto them, You know that which are accounted to rule over the Gentiles, those that are put into place to rule over the Gentiles, exercise lordship over them. They make it difficult. And their great ones exercise authority upon them. But so shall it not be among you, but whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister. It sounds redundant, Bishop. I'm trying to get a point across. And whosoever you will be the chiefest shall be the servant of all. For the Son of Man came not to be ministered to. Say it again. He didn't come to be ministered to. He came to give his life a ransom for many. The first reaction of most people when confronted with the idea of serving or the idea of servanthood is this. You talking about me? I'm way too good for that. I've paid my dues. Listen, I've been in ministry for 50 years and I believe I've paid my dues, but not enough to step aside from being a servant. I have to live every day of my life wanting to serve because the only way I'm going to grow is through my ability to serve, to help. When I quit serving, I quit existing. Let me say that. When I quit serving, I quit existing. So when the situation came up, when, when the mother of, of the sons of Zebedee, James and John, came to talk to Jesus amongst the disciples in Matthew 20, 20, you have to know the condition of that day, what was going on. The world at this time was a world of kingdoms and power and emperors and kings. The world system, same as now, determined, A person's greatness by their position and authority. Did you hear this? It was determined by their position and authority, but that's not God's way. He's got an upside down kingdom in that what you think should be right is not right. It has to be God's way. The mother of James and John understood when she asked for the second and third position in the kingdom of God for her son. She understood well what she was doing. James and John also understood it. You know why they understood it? They brought their mother with them. It's not something they hadn't talked about. The mother was an authority figure in that culture, very strong. So she brings her sons and says to Jesus, I want them to sit on your second, on your right and left hand. So the sons even understood what was happening that day. They were dealing with that type of authority. But the other ten disciples, they also thought in terms of the world system. Now, get this in your mind. They were moved with indignation. They were moved with anger at James and John for asking for second and third places of power. They were ticked off in modern vernacular. They were upset. They were mad. They were angry. Why? Why? It wasn't they they wanted to be this giant spiritual being. They wanted the places of honor for themselves, a place of honor. That doesn't mean they're honored. They just wanted to sit in the place of honor, being honored. Does that make sense? They wanted places of honor just for themselves. But Jesus now sharply spells out the contrast. Now watch this. Jesus is so smart. He spelled out the contrast between the way his thinking, his mindset, and the mindset of the world or his philosophy and the world's philosophy. What do you mean? Matthew 20, verse 25, watch this. But Jesus called them unto him. He calls his disciples unto himself and said, I read it before, you know not that the princes of Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority over them. But verse 26 says, but it shall not be among it shall not be so among you, but whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. And it goes on to talk about, as I read before, if you want to be chief among some a group, then you must be that servant of that group. Even as the son of man came and he was not, he was not ministered to, but he ministered to others. In the world system, they are great to exercise lordship and authority over their fellow men. Are you hearing this? they're going to exercise authority over their fellow men that's what it's all about but verse 26 is a verse you need to look at you need to mark down that's why i've read it so many times today i want it to get in your heart but it shall not be so among you it's not where you sit in church if i can't sit on the front row then i'm not coming if i can't sit in my regular spot then i'm not coming if i can't sing on stage then i'm not coming if I can't be greeted at the door a certain way then I'm not coming. Well, you're not coming for the right reason. You came to this house to serve and not to not to be served. Are you catching this? Because so many people think that they don't somebody took their parking place, I'm not coming back to church. What are you here for? What is your reason? Do you want to be served or you want to, well, I want to be served. There comes a time you have to grow up and mature and realize, yes, there's a time to be served. I'll cover that in a moment. There's a time to be served. Then there's a time to get up and get something done. Am I right? But it shall not be so among you. Jesus emphasized that he would be, he that would be great in the kingdom of God shall be your servant. My goodness gracious. Jesus makes it clear that greatness comes to those who serve. One who would be great must have an attitude of serving, the desire to serve, the desire to give of themselves. Well, that's just not our thinking nowadays. I don't owe them anything. Yes, you do. You owe them love, you owe them love, you owe them consideration. You owe them respect, serve. Let's look at Jesus. Now we're getting down to some meat here. In John 13, 1, Now therefore the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them until the end. Notice that, until the end. And supper being ended. Ended. Supper was over. Now mark this down. There comes a time. Supper has to end. The devil now, ha, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus knowing that the Father had given him all things into his hands and that he was come from God and went to God, he rises up from supper. After the supper. He riseth up from supper, laid aside his garments, and took a towel, took off his clothes, and took a towel, and girded himself. In John 13, 5, and after he poured water into a basin, he began to wash the disciples' feet. Wait a minute. This is the king of glory. This is the master of the universe. What is he trying to prove? He's trying to prove his nature, what he's all about. He pours water into a basin because in those days they walked around in sandals, some barefooted, and their feet got dirty. And so it was the place of the servant to wash the feet of the guest. So he washes the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter said unto him, Lord, you're not going to, what are you going to do, wash my feet? And Jesus answered and said unto him, what I do thou knowest not now. But thou shalt know of thereafter, because he was about to go to the cross and pay the ultimate price to being of being a servant. There's no greater love than this than a man would lay down his life for his friends. Then he, let's go back to that. <clears throat> then he laid aside his garments. What was on him, he took off. There's some things today, church and those that are watching, <clears throat> that you're going you're gonna to need to take off. You're going to take off some things to be able to do what God's asking you to do. And I'm not talking about your clothes. There's some attitudes, there's some actions that you're going to have to address. There's some prideful situations in your life, and there's some actions where you say, it's all about me. That's got to die. It's all about we, not me. Can I say that again? It's all about we and not me. He lays the guy, uh, off the garments and says, I want to do something special for you. I want to show you the heart of God. It reminds me of the priest's garments. <clears throat> you remember the priest would go into the Holy of Holies. Do you all remember that? Do you remember they wear all these elegant garments, these robes of I would call them robes of grandeur and righteousness, and more they look pompous. But when they went into the Holy of Holies, they had to take it all off. They had to stand almost naked before the Lord. In the presence of God, what does that mean? When we enter into the presence of God, (coughs) we have to learn to humble ourselves. Take off those things that make you feel prideful. That's not the way of Christ. Matter of fact, let me say this. You can always tell when people are going to get blessed in a church service. How, Bishop? Tell me. I can tell by the way they approach the altar. If they approach the altar with humility and being humble, they will receive. But I've seen people come to the altar like, hit me with your best shot. Nothing's going to happen. The way they approach the altar is the way they're approaching God. So if you're going to work for God, if you're going to serve the Lord, if you're going to serve the house of the Lord, you must understand you cannot work for him with your own agenda. I have my agenda. I'm trying to move up from second usher to third usher to fourth usher. I want to be first usher. I mean, you can't. I want to be able to sing up there with Pastor Ariel and and I'm going to work my way. Listen, if that's the reason you're you're here for the wrong reason, you cannot be here with your own hidden agenda. That's number one. You can't not work for him with your own pride. Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. That's what the Bible says. So I've got to lay my pride aside. I've done that so much in my life that I've learned it. It's a learned experience. Lay pride aside. You cannot work for him with your own glory. Look how great I am. Doesn't matter how great you are. God is far greater. You must put on, watch this, you must put on the robe of humility. If you're going to serve, you must become a servant. Then he girded himself with a towel. Anyone can wash the feet of someone who loves them. Oh boy, here we go. You can wash the feet of someone that you love. But Jesus girded himself to serve someone who, watch this, Was going to betray him? Judas. Who would deny him? Judas. Who would doubt his authenticity? Judas. I ask this question, can you be disciplined enough to serve all types of people? Or is it just the ones you like? God is not satisfied with us walking around without a towel. I want you to hear me. He wants you walking around with a towel. Meaning, I'm ready to serve. I'm ready to be a part of the house. I'm ready to quit just sitting and singing a song or two. I'm ready to get involved. (coughs) For some of us, it's service. For others, it's in giving and finances. For others, it's helping someone. But make no mistake, it's all about serving. In John 13, verse 14, Jesus said, if I, being the master, know how to wash your feet, how much more ought you ought to wash one another's feet? He wants to use you. Let me say that as we close up today. Jesus wants to use you. You need to become, help the house of the Lord to be f- thoroughly furnished. He wants to use you. There's a family you can reach. Serve. There's a soul you can win. Serve. There's a burden you can lift off, off of the ministry. Serve. How? You can be an usher, you can be a greeter, you can serve in the children's ministry. There's so many different ways to serve, but you have to make the, the decision. Well, you know what, I would serve, but I'm afraid I'll miss something in service. You will never miss anything in this service if you're serving the house. Because you're a part of everything that we do. Maybe there's a prayer that you need to carry, a heavy load, but you need to Serve. There's a towel in your hand today. Now, you need to hear me. I'm placing it there. If you're a Christian, if you want to be great in the kingdom of God, there's a towel in your hand. Supper, here we go. Supper, for some of you, it's over. Time to push back from the table. You've been fed long enough. It's time now to help us feed those new people, the new harvest, the fresh harvest. It's time to go to work. It's time to serve. He said, well, I've never heard anything like that before. It kind of bothers me. It's time to serve. As long as you're serving, God is going to bless you. He's going to pour on many blessings. Some have had the ministry of helps. We've seen that before. But now you no longer serve. Why? Someone offended you. Really? I've been offended more times than I can count but I still do what I do. Some have the ministry of giving, but something has happened. You don't give anymore. What? Do you understand that your blessing is linked to your giving? Every time that you gave, that God gave back to you? If you get into a place where you're supposed to be, hear me, you're serving the house of the Lord, the kingdom of God, I want to promise you the anointing will fall on you. You want the anointing to fall because you're sitting there listening to just a message. It's no, it's when you get up and, and get active in that message. The anointing will fall. So today, in closing, I want to ask this simple question. Now, this is a subject I could not exhaust. This is not an exhaustive discourse. There's no way I could do that to talk. It would take weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. But I'm going to ask you a question. You've heard the story. You can go back and read it. Here's the question I want to ask. Where is your towel? Where is your towel? What have you done? How have you helped? Come on, it's more than dropping $5 in the the plate. It's more than just walking in and singing and raising your hand when the worship team sings. It's when you say, if there's a pl- place of need in the house of the Lord, I'm going to fill it. No matter how great I think I am, if it's helping walking, ch- walking children to their class, then I'll do it. If it's help- helping in the nursery, then I'll do it. If it's helping picking up things that have fallen because saints, are- saints can be dirty. Picking up a few things around the house of the Lord. Then do it. Where is your towel? Helping someone else. Loving someone else. Bolstering up the ministry of Jesus Christ. You want to build the ministry of Christ? Then be like Christ and be a servant of all. So I'll ask again, where is your towel? Because many of you have laid it aside. You've washed it, folded it, and put it in your closet. It's time to get the towel back out. Because there's much to be done. Well, I hope somehow you've heard this today because it's all about that scary word called serving. Servanthood. Don't let it scare you. Lower your pride. Be humble before the Lord and do that which is right in the sight of God. Be a blessing. Be a help. I want to pray for you today because somebody that heard this message, I know right now that you feel like, man, I've missed it. And if you feel that way, you have. As we pray, I want you to open your heart and find out where your towel is. Where can you serve? Because that speaks to your healing, your well-being, your longevity. As you serve, God anoints you. Can we pray? Father, as i minister ministered this word today, I believe in my heart there's people sitting, listening, wondering, have I missed the mark? And Lord, I'm asking you to show them where their towel is, where their field of labor is, where they can be involved, how they can thoroughly furnish the house of the Lord and what you want accomplished. Lord, today, speak to them, speak to them. Let them know that they are needed, they are wanted, and they are loved. They're not, because they serve, they're not looked down upon, they're looked up at. Lord, let them see that today. Let them see how special that really is. So God, I want to praise you. I want to thank you for these moments we've had. And I want to thank you, God, that you're more than able. And I believe, Lord, we're going to see a transition in the ministry, we're going to see people finding their towels and getting to work. So Lord, I thank you. I honor you and praise you in Jesus name.